Section twenty seven of London Labour and the London Poor by Henry Mayhew, Volume One. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Peter Yearsley. The Street Folk, Part twenty seven of the Street Sellers of Pickled Whelks. The trade in whelks is one of which the costermongers have the undisputed monopoly. The wholesale business is all transacted in Billingsgate, where this shellfish is bought by the measure a double peck or gallon half measure or wash a wash is four measures and is the most advantageous mode of purchase it's so much cheaper by taking that quantity i was told it's as good as having a half measure in an average price for the year may be four shillings the wash but i've given twenty-one shillings for three wash said one costermonger and he waxed indignant as he spoke one saturday when there was a great stock in too just because there was a fair coming on on monday and the whelkmen who are the biggest rogues in billingsgate always have the price up then and hinder a poor man doing good they've a great knack of that a wash weighs about sixty pounds on rare occasions it has been as low as two shillings and sixpence and even one shilling and sixpence about one half of the whelks are sold alive wholesale and the other half cooked boiled some of the salesmen having convenience for cooking near the market but they are all brought to london alive or what should be alive when bought alive which ensures a better quality i was told for whelks'll boil after they're dead and gone you see sir as if they was alive and hungry the costermonger boils them in the largest saucepan at his command for about ten minutes and then leaves them until they cool they never kicks as they boils like lobsters or crabs said one whelk dealer they takes it quiet a missionary cove said to me why don't you kill them first it's murder they doesn't suffer i've suffered more with a toothache than the whole of a measure of whelks has in a boiling that i'm clear upon the boiling is generally the work of the women the next process is to place them in a tub throw boiling water over them and stir them up for ten or fifteen minutes with a broom handle if the quantity be a wash two broom handles usually wielded by the man and his wife are employed this is both to clean them and to make them come out easier to be wormed the worming is equivalent to the removing of the beard of an oyster or mussel the whelks are wormed one by one the operator cuts into the fish rapidly draws out the worm and pushes the severed parts together which closes the small whelks are not wormed because it's not reckoned necessary and they're sold to poor lads and such like that's not particular but nearly all the women and a good many of the boys are very particular they think the worms poison the whelks are next shaken in a tub in cold water and are then ready for sale the same process after the mere boiling is observed when the whelks are bought cooked some whelk sellers who wish to display a superior article engage children for a few half-pence to rub the shell of every whelk so that it looks clean and even bright i find a difficulty common in the course of this inquiry of ascertaining precisely the number of whelk sellers because the sale is often carried on simultaneously with that of other things stewed eels for instance and because it is common for costermongers to sell whelks on a saturday night only both at stalls and round to the public houses but only when they are cheap at billingsgate on a saturday night there may be three hundred whelk sellers in the streets 
nearly half at stalls and half or more working the public houses but of this number it must be understood that perhaps the wife is at the stall while the husband is on a round and some whelks are sent out by a man having an extra stock this therefore reduces the number of independent dealers but not the actual number of sellers on all other nights there may be half the number engaged in this traffic in the streets regularly all the year and more than half on a monday as regards the public-house business in which little is done between monday and saturday nights but a man will in some instances work the public-houses every night the wife tending the stall and the more assiduously if the weather be bad or foggy when a public-house custom is the best a fair week's earning in whelks when a man's known is one pound a bad week is from five shillings to eight shillings i am assured that bad weeks are as plenty as good at least the year round and thus the average to the street whelk sellers in whelks alone is about thirteen shillings when the trade is carried on daily and regularly and five shillings a week by those who occasionally resort to it and as the occasional hands are the more numerous the average may be struck at seven shillings the whelks are sold at the stalls at two three four six and eight a penny according to size four is an average pennyworth for good whelks the six a penny are small and the eight a penny very small the principal place for their sale is in old street city road the other principal places are the street markets which i have before particularized the whelks are sold in saucers generally small and white and of common ware and are contained in jars ready to be shelled into any saucer that may have been emptied sometimes a small pyramid of shells surmounted by a candle protected by a shade attracts the regard of the passer-by the man doing the best business in london was to be found before the removals of which i have spoken in lambeth walk but he has now no fixed locality his profits i am informed were regularly three pounds a week but out of this he had to pay for the assistance of two or sometimes three persons in washing his whelks boiling them and so on besides that his wife was as busy as himself to the quality and cleanliness of his whelks he was very attentive and would sell no mediocre article if better could be bought he deserved all he earned sir said another street dealer to me why in old street now they'll have the old original saucers miserable things such as they had fifty years back but the man we're talking of about two years ago brought in very pretty plates quite enterprising things and they answered well his example's spreading but it's slowly the whelks are eaten with vinegar and pepper for sale in the public houses the whelks are most frequently carried in jars and transferred in a saucer to the consumer there's often a good sale said a man familiar with the business when a public room's filled people drink in there always want to eat they buy whelks not to fill themselves but for a relish a man that's used to the trade will often get off inferior sorts to the lushingtons he'll have them to rights whelks is all the same good bad or middlin when a man's drinking if they're well seasoned with pepper and vinegar oh yes any whelk man will take in a drunken fellow and he will do it all the same if he's made up his mind to get drunk himself that very night the trade is carried on by the regular costers but of the present number of whelk sellers about twenty have been mechanics or servants 
the whelk trade is an evening trade commencing generally about six summer and winter or an hour earlier in winter the capital required to start in the whelk business is stall two shillings and sixpence saucers vinegar bottle jar pepper caster and small watering pan used only in dusty weather two shillings and sixpence a pair of stilts supports for the stall one shilling and sixpence stock money five shillings pepper and vinegar sixpence or twelve shillings in all if the trade be commenced in a round basket for public sale seven shillings or eight shillings only is required but it is a hazardous experiment for a person unpractised in street business of the customers etc of pickled whelk sellers an intelligent man gave me the following account he had been connected with street trading from his youth up and is now about thirty the chief customers for whelks sir are working people and poor people and they prefer them to oysters i do myself and i think they're not so much eaten because they're not fashionable like oysters but i've sold them to first-rate public houses and to doctors shops more than other shops i don't know why and to private houses masters have sent out their servant-maids to me for three or four penneths for supper i've offered the maids a whelk but they won't eat them in the street i dare say they're afraid their young men may be about and might think they wasn't ladies if they eat whelks in the street boys are the best customers for small but if you don't look sharp you'll be done out of three ha'porths of vinegar to a ha'porth of whelks i can't make out why they like it so they're particular enough in their way if the whelks are thin as they will be sometimes the lads will say what a lot of snails you've gathered to-night if they're plump and fine then they'll say fattens to-night stunners some people eat whelks for an appetite they give me one and more in summer than winter the women of the town are good customers at least they are in the cut and shoreditch for i know both if they have five penneth when they're treated perhaps there's always sixpence they come on the sly sometimes by themselves and make what's a meal i'm satisfied on whelks and they'll want credit sometimes i've given trust to a woman of that sort as far as two shillings and sixpence i've lost very little by them i don't know how much altogether i keep no account but carry any credit in my head those women's good pay take it all together for they know how hard it is to get a crust and have a feeling for a poor man if they haven't for a rich one that's my opinion sir costermongers in a good time are capital customers they'll buy five or six penneths at a time the dust's a great injury to the trade in summer time it dries the whelks up and they look old i wish whelks were cheaper at billingsgate and i could do more business and i could do more if i could sell a few minutes after twelve on a saturday night when people must leave the public house i have sold three wash of a saturday night and cleared fifteen shillings on them i one week made three pounds but i had a few stewed eels to help that is i cleared two pounds and had a pound's worth over on the saturday night and sent them to be sold and they were sold at battersea on the sunday i never went there myself i've had twenty people round my stall at one time on a saturday perhaps my earnings on that and other odd things may come to one pound a week or hardly so much the year round i can't say exactly the shells are no use boys have asked me for them to make sea-shells of they say to hold them to their ears when they're big and there's a sound like the sea rolling gentlemen have sometimes told me to keep a dozen dozen or twenty dozen for boarders to a garden 
I make no charge for them, just what a gentleman may please to give. The information given shows an outlay of £5,250 yearly for street whelks, and as the return I have cited shows the money spent in whelks at Billingsgate to be £2,500, the number of whelks being 4,950,000, the account is correct, as the cost as usual half-profits make up the sum expended. Of the street sellers, and of the preparation of fried fish, among the cooked food which has for many years formed a portion of the street trade is fried fish. The sellers are about 350 as a maximum, and 250 as a minimum, 300 being an average number. The reason of the variation in number is that on a Saturday night, and occasionally on other nights, especially on Mondays, stall-keepers sell fried fish, and not as an ordinary article of their trade. Some men, too, resort to the trade for a time, when they cannot be employed in any way more profitable or suitable to them. The dealers in this article are, for the most part, old men and boys, though there may be thirty or forty women who sell it, but only three or four girls, and they are the daughters of the men in the business, as the women are the wives. Among the fried fish sellers there are not half a dozen Irish people, although fish is so especial a part of the diet of the poor Irish. The men in the calling have been, as regards the great majority, mechanics or servants. None, I was told, had been fishmongers or their assistants. The fish fried by street dealers is known as place dabs and sole dabs, which are merely place and souls, dab being a common word for any flat fish. The fish which supplies upwards of one-half the quantity fried for the streets is place. The other fishes used are soles, haddocks, whitings, flounders, and herrings, but very sparingly indeed as regards herrings. Soles are used in as large a quantity as the other kinds mentioned altogether. On my inquiry as to the precise quantity of each description fried, the answer from the traders was uniform. I can't say, sir. I buy whatever's cheapest. The fish is bought at Billingsgate, but some of the street dealers obtain another, and even a cheaper commodity, than at that great mart. This supply is known in the trade as friars, and consists of the overplus of a fishmonger's stock, of what he has not sold overnight, and does not care to offer for sale on the following morning, and therefore vends it to the costermongers, whose customers are chiefly among the poor. The friars are sometimes half, and sometimes more than half, of the wholesale price in Billingsgate. Many of the friars are good, but some, I was told, in anything like muggy or close weather, were very queer fish, very queer indeed, and they are consequently fried with a most liberal allowance of oil, which will conceal anything. The fish to be fried is first washed and gutted, the fins, head and tail are then cut off, and the trunk is dipped in flour and water, so that in frying, oil being always used, the skin will not be scorched by the perhaps too violent action of the fire, but merely browned. Pale rape oil is generally used. The sellers, however, are often twitted with using lamp oil, even when it is dearer than that devoted to the purpose. The fish is cooked in ordinary frying-pans. One tradesman in Cripplegate, formerly a costermonger, has on his premises a commodious oven, 
which he had built for the frying or rather baking of fish he supplies the small shopkeepers who deal in the article although some prepare it themselves and sells his fish retail also but the street sellers buy little of him as they are nearly all their own cooks some of the illegitimates however lay in their stock by purchase of the tradesmen in question the fish is cut into portions before it is fried and the frying occupies about ten minutes the quantity prepared together is from six to twenty portions according to the size of the pans four dozen portions or pieces as the street people call them require a quart of oil the fried fish sellers live in some out-of-the-way alley and not unfrequently in garrets for among even the poorest class there are great objections to their being fellow lodgers on account of the odour from the frying even when the fish is fresh as it most frequently is and the oil pure the odour is rank in one place i visited which was moreover admirable for cleanliness it was very rank the cooks however whether husbands or wives for the women often attend to the pan when they hear of this disagreeable rankness answer that it may be so many people say so but for their parts they cannot smell it at all the garments of the fried fish sellers are more strongly impregnated with the smell of fish than were those of any wet or other fish sellers whom i met with their residences are in some of the labyrinths of courts and alleys that run from gray's inn lane to leather lane and similar places between fetter and chancery lanes they are to be found too in the courts running from cowcross smithfield and from turnmill street and ray street clerkenwell also in the alleys about bishopsgate street and the kingsland road and some in the half ruinous buildings near the southwark and borough roads none or very few of those who are their own cooks reside at a greater distance than three miles from billingsgate a gin-drinking neighbourhood one coster said suits best for people hasn't their smell so correct there the sale is both on rounds and at stalls the itinerants being twice as numerous as the stationery the round is usually from public house to public house in populous neighbourhoods the itinerants generally confine themselves to the trade in fried fish but the stall-keepers always sell other articles generally fish of some kind along with it the sale in the public houses is the greatest at the neighbouring races and fairs there is a great sale of fried fish at last epsom races i was told there were at least fifty purveyors of that dainty from london half of them perhaps being costermongers who speculated in it merely for the occasion preparing it themselves three men joined in one speculation expending eight pounds in fish and did well selling at the usual profit of cent per cent but with the drawback of considerable expenses their customers at the races and fairs are the boys who hold horses or brush clothes or who sell oranges or nuts or push at roundabouts and the costers who are there on business at epsom races there was plenty of bread i was informed to be picked up on the ground it had been flung from the carriages after luncheon and this with a piece of fish supplied a meal or a relish to hundreds in the public houses a slice of bread sixteen or thirty-two being cut from a quartern loaf as they are whole or half slices is sold or offered with the fish for a penny the cry of the seller is fish and bread a penny sometimes for an extra-sized piece with bread 
Tuppence is obtained, but very seldom, and sometimes two pieces are given for a penny halfpenny. At the stalls, bread is rarely sold with the edible in question. For the itinerant trade, a neatly painted wooden tray, slung by a leathern strap from the neck, is used. The tray is papered over, generally with clean newspapers, and on the paper is spread the shapeless brown lumps of fish. Parsley is often strewn over them, and a salt-box is placed at the discretion of the customer. The trays contain from two to five dozen pieces. I understand that no one has a trade greatly in advance of his fellows. The whole body complain of their earnings being far less than was the case four or five years back. The itinerant fried fish sellers, when pursuing their avocation, wear generally a jacket of cloth or fustian buttoned round them, but the rest of their attire is hidden by the white sleeves and apron somewhere, or by the black calico sleeves and dark woollen aprons worn by others. The capital required to start properly in the business is frying pan, two shillings, second hand, ninepence, tray, two shillings and sixpence, second hand, eightpence, salt box, sixpence, second hand, a penny, and stock money, five shillings, in all, ten shillings. A man has gone into the trade, however, with one shilling, which he expended in fish and oil, borrowed a frying-pan, borrowed an old tea-board, and so started on his venture. Of the experience of a fried fish-seller, and of the class of customers. The man who gave me the following information was well-looking, and might be about forty-five or fifty. He was poorly dressed, but his old brown surtout fitted him close and well, was jauntily buttoned up to his black satin stock, worn but of good quality, and altogether he had what is understood among a class as a betterly appearance about him. His statement, as well as those of the other vendors of provisions, is curious in its details of public-house vagaries. "'I've been in the trade,' he said, seventeen years. Before that I was a gentleman's servant, and I married a servant-maid, and we had a family, and on that account couldn't either of us get a situation, though we'd good characters. I was out of employ for seven or eight months, and things was beginning to go to the pawn for a living. But at last, when I gave up any hope of getting into a gentleman's service, I raised ten shillings, and determined to try something else. I was persuaded by a friend who kept a beer-shop to sell oysters at his door. I took his advice and went to Billingsgate for the first time in my life, and bought a peck of oysters for two shillings and sixpence. I was dressed respectable then, nothing like the mess and dirt I'm in now. Note, I may observe that there was no dirt about him. End note. And so the salesman laid it on, but I gave him all he asked. I know a deal better now. I'd never been used to open oysters, and I couldn't do it. I cut my fingers with the knife slipping all over them, and had to hire a man to open for me or the blood from my cut fingers would have run upon the oysters. For all that I cleared two shillings and sixpence on that peck, and I soon got up to the trade and did well, till in two or three months the season got over, and I was advised by the same friend to try fried fish. That suited me. I've lived in good families where there was first-rate men cooks, and I know what good cooking means. I bought a dozen place. I forget what I gave for them, but they were dearer then than now. For all that, I took between eleven shillings and twelve shillings the first night, it was Saturday, that I started, and I stuck to it, and took from seven shillings to ten shillings every night, with more, of course, on Saturday, and it was half of it profit then. 
I cleared a good mechanic's earnings at that time, thirty shillings a week and more. Soon after, I was told that if agreeable, my wife could have a stall with fried fish opposite a wine vault just opened, and she made nearly half as much as I did on my rounds. I served the public houses and soon got known. With some landlords, I had the privilege of the parlour and taproom and bar, when other tradesmen have been kept out. The landlords will say to me still, You can go in, Fishy. Somehow I got the name of Fishy then, and I've kept it ever since. There was hospitality in those days. I've gone into a room in a public house used by mechanics, and one of them has said, I'll stand fish round, gentlemen, and I've supplied fifteen penneths. Perhaps he was a stranger, such a sort of customer that wanted to be agreeable. Now it's more likely I hear, Jack, lend us a penny to buy a bit of fried, and then Jack says, You be d blank d. Here, lass, let's have another pint. The insults and difficulties I've had in the public house trade is dreadful. I once sold sixteen pence worth to three rough-looking fellows I'd never seen before, and they seemed hearty, and asked me to drink with them. So I took a pull, but they wouldn't pay me when I asked, and I waited a goodish bit before I did ask. I thought at first it was their fun, but I waited from four to seven, and I found it was no fun. I felt upset and ran out and told the policeman, but he said it was only a debt, and he couldn't interfere. So I ran to the station, but the head man there said the same, and told me I should hand over the fish with one hand, and hold out the other hand for my money. So I went back to the public house and asked for my money, and there were some mechanics there that knew me there then, but I got nothing but blank use, and one of them used most dreadful language. At last one of the mechanics said, Muzzle him, Fishy, if he won't pay. He was far bigger than me, him that was one in debt, but my spirit was up, and I let go at him, and gave him a bloody nose, and the next hit I knocked him backwards. I'm sure I don't know how, onto a table, but I fell on him, and he clutched me by the coat collar. I was respectable dressed then, and half smothered me. He tore the back of my coat too, and I went home like Jim Crow. The pot man and the others parted us, and they made the man give me a shilling, and the waiter paid me the other fourpence, and said he'd take his chance to get it, but he never got it. Another time I went into a bar and there was a ball in the house, and one of the ball gents came down and gave my basket a kick without ever a word, and started the fish, and in a scuffle, he was a little fellow but my master, I had this finger put out of joint, you can see that sir still, and was in the hospital a week from an injury to my leg. The tibbling bone was hurt, the doctor said, note, the tibia, end note. I've had my tray kicked over for a lark in a public house, and a scramble for my fish, and all gone, and no help and no money for me. The landlords always prevent such things when they can, and interfere for a poor man. But then it's done sudden, and over in an instant. That sort of thing wasn't the worst. I once had some powdery stuff flung sudden over me at a parlour door. My fish fell off, for I jumped, because I felt blinded, and what became of them I don't know but I aimed at once for home. It was very late, and had to feel my way, almost like a blind man. I can't tell what I suffered. I found it was something black, for I kept rubbing my face with my apron, and could just tell it came away black. I let myself in with my latch, and my wife was in bed, and I told her to get up and look at my face and get some water, and she thought I was joking, as she was half asleep. But when she got up and got a light and a glass, she screamed, and said I looked such a shiny image and so I did, as well as I could see, for it was black lead, such as they use for grates, that was flung on me. 
I washed it off, but it wasn't easy, and my face was sore days after. I had a respectable coat on then, too, which was greatly spoiled, and no remedy at all. I don't know who did it to me. I heard someone say, you're served out beautiful. It's men that calls themselves gentlemen that does such things. I know the style of them, then. It was eight or ten years ago. They'd heard of Lord Blank and his goings-on. That way, it's better now, but worse far in the way of getting a living. I dare say if I'd dressed in rough corduroys, I shouldn't have been larked at so much, because they might have thought I was a regular coster, and a fighter. But I don't like that sort of thing. I like to be decent and respectable if I can. I've been in the fried trade ever since, except about three months that I tried the sandwiches. I didn't do so well in them, but it was a far easier trade. No carrying heavy weights all the way from Billingsgate. But I went back to the fried. Why, now, sir, a good week with me, and I've only myself in the trade now. Note, he was a widower, end note, is to earn twelve shillings. A poor week is nine shillings, and there's as many of one as of the other. I'm known to sell the best of fish, and to cook it in the best style. I think half of us, take it round and round for a year, may earn as much as I do, and the other half about half as much. I think so. I might have saved money but for a family. I've only one at home with me now, and he really is a good lad. My customers are a public-house people that want a relish or a sort of supper with their beer, not so much to drinkers. I sold a tradesman, too, four pennyworth for tea or supper. Some of them send to my place, for I'm known. The great exhibition can't be any difference to me. I've a regular round. I used to sell a good deal to women of the town, but I don't now. They haven't got the money, I believe. Where I took ten shillings of them eight or nine years ago, I now take only sixpence. They may go for other sorts of relishes now. I can't say. The worst of my trade is that people must have as big penneths when fish is dear as when it's cheap. I never sold a piece of fish to an Italian boy in my life, though they're Catholics. Indeed, I never saw an Italian boy spend a half-penny in the streets on anything. A working man told me that he often bought fried fish, and accounted it uh, good to men like himself. He was fond of fried fish to his supper. He couldn't buy half so cheap as the street sellers, perhaps not a quarter, and if he could it would cost him a penny for dripping to fry the fish in, and he got it ready and well fried and generally good, for a penny. Subsequent inquiries satisfied me that my informant was correct, as to his calculations of his fellow's earnings, judging from his own. The price of place at Billingsgate is from a halfpenny to twopence each, according to size. Note, the fried fish purveyors never calculate by the weight. End note. Three farthings being a fair average. A place costing one penny will now be fried into four pieces, each one penny, but the addition of bread, cost of oil, and so on, reduces the fried people's profits to rather less than cent per cent. Soles and the other fish are, moreover, thirty per cent dearer than place. As one hundred and fifty sellers make as much weekly as my informant, and the other one hundred and fifty half that amount, we have an average yearly earning of twenty-seven pounds six shillings in one case, and of thirteen pounds thirteen shillings in the other taking only twenty pounds a year as a medium earning, and adding ninety per cent for profit. The outlay on the fried fish supplied by London street sellers is eleven thousand four hundred pounds. End of section twenty seven.